Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1737. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, I'm in a beautiful part of the United States, Cap Sherman, Oregon, with a very special guest by the name of Dave Upsall. Dave, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yes, I am, Mark. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. We're going to have some fun today talking about the future, because I hear you have a crystal ball. So uh, I'm very interested (laughs) in talking about this. But before I give you a proper introduction and we look into the future of this new year, what's one little thing you might share that most people don't know about you? Oh, boy. I think a lot of people who have met me would be surprised to to know that I'm a hunter because Uh I don't very often talk about it. What do you like about hunting? Well, it's about as far away as you can get from what I do normally during the day. And so it's... uh, probably one of the best breaks around, I think. Yeah, my next-door neighbor's a big hunter. It's not something I've ever really gotten into. I, I do love shooting. He's gotten me into skeet shooting and sporting clays and uh, shooting at the local gun club here, which I really enjoy. Uh, mm-hmm. But he, he tells me what he loves most about it is just being out in nature. Yeah. He really loves that, the early mornings, the sun coming up, and he's got a ranch out eastern Washington, and he's always trying to get me to go out there, but his ranch consists of a, a very small trailer uh, and an outhouse, so I haven't really <laughs> quite bit into that. I say, when you build that resort complex with the spa and the yeah, room service, call I'll, me. yeah, I'll be out there, but uh, <laughs> I guess that makes me a wimp and him more of a man. He'll like to hear that, so he listens to this show. How you doing, Bill? Well, let me give you a proper introduction here. Dave Upsall is the CEO at Act. Actify, for more than 15 years, Actify has been the leading provider of collaboration, integration, and data visualization solutions to the automotive industry. Actify serves as a global base for more than 1,500 companies in 45 countries, helping manufacturers to visualize and interact with design and engineering information. Dave's career includes being VP of Corporate Development for the TechSoft 3D and Managing Director of SageMark. He was founder and first executive director of the 3D PDF Consortium as well. And today, he's going to share his predictions, what we expect to see in manufacturing and the automotive field, specifically for this new year, 2021. We'll be back in just a minute. But first, a word from our valued sponsors that make this show possible. So keep your seatbelts on. The future is coming your way. You've heard me talk about Covercraft here on Cars Yeah since I began bringing you inspiring automotive enthusiasts over six years ago. Covercraft is a company I've trusted to protect my vehicles since I was in high school. But did you know they've been in business longer than that? Covercraft was founded in 1965. You don't stay in business for over 55 years without providing your customers with superior quality, innovative solutions, and a massive breadth of selections and categories when it comes to protection. Their custom-fit car covers are just the start. Covercraft offers covers for cars, trucks, ATVs, boats, outdoor furniture, seats, trunk, floors, dashes, masks for the front of your rides, and a whole lot more. And here's something special just for you from me. Use the code YA120 at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off 
your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off. Simply use the code YEAH120, that's Y-E-A-H-120 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. I found a new way to protect my vehicle. American Collectors Insurance. That's who now protects my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my orange crush. But did you know they also insure your valuable collectibles of automobilia and automotive collectibles? If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool automotive collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting us automotive enthusiasts since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love. I did. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car and collectible insurance designed by collectors for collectors, just like you and me. All right, Dave, we're back. I'd love for you to start with a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that has great meaning for you. It's a nice way to get those tires spinning a little bit into the new year here. So, Dave, grab the wheel. Sure. Well, one of the things that uh, probably the thing that has stuck with me more than anything else was something that my dad said when I was uh, in school because he was somebody who never got upset about anything, never seemed to get rattled by anything, and it just always amazed me. And so I asked him, I said, well, you know, what's your secret to that? And he said, don't sweat the small stuff. (laughs) And what he was talking about wasn't don't sweat the details. He was saying, you know, don't don't sweat the problems. Mm -hmm. And then he added to that, he said, and I realized if I was selective enough, it's all small stuff. And... What I took away from that was is that uh, how we approach life, the way that we think about uh, what our position is in life every morning when we wake up is entirely in our control. And uh, I've tried to live by that, not been terribly successful in some time, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely stuck with me. Your father and my father very much alike. My dad was the same way. He just seemed to never get upset and Remember one day, however, something pushed him over the edge and he went out the kitchen door. And remember those old phones that we had as kids that hung on the wall? Absolutely. (laughs) He slammed the door so hard that the phone fell off the wall. And that became forevermore the joke of the family is remember when dad was so mad that he slammed the door and the phone fell off the wall? And I think he was embarrassed by that because he always maintained his composure. This is an important thing, especially with what's been going on last year and into this year with pandemic and social upheaval and politics and everything. Let me ask you this. It's very easy to say what you just said, Dave, but how Mm -hmm. do you actually put that into action? Maybe give us a tip or two for those folks out there that get kind of wrapped around the axle here when it comes to things that aggravate (laughs) us that are completely out of our control. Well, this year has certainly been one of those years where you could probably, you know, pick any day on the calendar and find something that, you know, you could get aggravated about. But what's been difficult for me uh, and where that advice has really helped out is, is that, you know, we, as you mentioned during the introduction, you know, have a company that operates globally and we're not that large. We're only about 50 people. 
And in order to try to bring a group of people together and give them a new direction and not be able to sit down across the table across any of those 50 people for more than a year is been, you know, something that's been a struggle. And so every morning you wake up and you go, this is what I can do today. Mm. This is what I can get done with what I have. And, uh, you know, as long as you don't waste the day, you know, things will work out. You know, this is this is really cool. Do you do that by creating a list of things to answer that question for yourself? This is what I will do today? Uh, some days. Uh, I usually have a running list going, but the thing that I, I do that is uh, made the biggest difference is I just take an hour in the morning. Mm. Uh, you know, a lot of our folks are in Europe, so I'll get up, you know, around 5 or 5.30 in the morning, and I'll just take an hour, and I'll just think about and sit down and go through what is it I want to get done today. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of that will come off the list. Some of it might be something that, you know, occurred to me just that morning or maybe while, maybe on the overnight, you know, somehow ideas somehow flow in sometimes. So Yeah. I listen to, a, when I can, I had a guest on the show here, uh, Fireball Tim. That's his real name, Fireball. It's amazing. <laughs> Tim Lewis, Fireball is his real first name, and he does a, a morning 20-minute a show on Facebook Live. And he talked about that this morning. Very funny that we're talking about this, that you can choose every day how to react to things and how yeah. your day will be. And today's was, he said, choose to be cool today, meaning awesome. to be nice, to be kind to people. Don't yeah. get upset about anything. Just choose that just today and see how your day goes. And boy, it works, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, yeah. it does. Very cool. Well, I, I gave a little hint here of what we're going to talk about today, and that is your crystal ball. Uh, I, I got a list of things from you. I want to kind of walk through them a little bit about the automotive industry and what Actify does for people. Mm-hmm. And I want to start by asking you, what is Actify so that we get for our listeners' minds what it is your company's about? And then I'm going to walk through four key things. And you touched on one already, remote access and collaboration. But first and foremost, how do you describe Actify? Well, we've spent the last 15 years putting a tool into the market that helps uh, manufacturers take design information they're getting from a customer, usually, and being able to, if you will, deconstruct it, being able to pull it in and be able to be analytical in the way that you're thinking about it. And that usually involves graphically looking at things, being able to see what the configuration is or what a shape might be or, you know, find out what its properties are, that sort of thing. And, you know, we've done that probably better than anybody else. But uh, what's really exciting uh, is, is that the more that we were working with those companies, we started realizing that the bulk of our companies, our customers were in the automotive supply chain. And we started talking to them more about what some of their biggest problems were. And what we discovered was is that the way that industry works is unique among manufacturing companies and that there was an area there that had everything to do with how successful these suppliers were in meeting the OEM's needs and how they didn't have a solution to help Mm. with that problem. And uh, we were actually giving them one without even realizing it. And so now we're turning that into a standard product. So that's kind of what we're doing. We're focused on helping these folks transform the way they do program management inside the automotive industry. Very fascinating. Well, let's walk through. I'm going to walk through specifically four areas 
that you're involved in. And I love the concept here of this uh, future forward thinking that you put together of how these four areas can help automotive suppliers. But I think there's some tips and tricks and golden nuggets you're going to drop here that can help anybody working in any type of automotive sector. I'm going to start from the bottom and it's remote access and collaboration since you mentioned that at the beginning, because that became an incredibly important thing in 2020 and here in 2021, uh, it's still continuing, of course, and it very well, I think, will continue into the future. It's helped companies see a whole new way to operate. Yep. Yeah. I, I think the worst thing you could be owning right now is commercial real estate. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although this is specific to the automotive industry, it really isn't in, in the sense that, uh, you know, in our business, and this is true about a lot of uh, disciplines in a, across a variety of businesses, the talent uh, hunt. You know, finding people is an extraordinarily difficult thing to do. And, uh, you know, in software companies in particular, you know, you, you have these, you know, high demand for certain professions. By being able to work remotely, you can tap into different labor markets. And we've been doing that for almost our entire existence as a company. I think other companies, it took this pandemic for them to be able to understand not only that it was important, but that it was actually doable and doable productively. For us in the automotive industry, that's what's enabled new companies like Rivian and you know Tesla and other people like that to come together. You couldn't do that if it wasn't for the collaboration that they employ to get those jobs so you done. So you see in the new year, this is not going to change. We're not going to keep operating this way. Not, a, not at all. Not at all. We have, we have a customer advisory board, for instance, that has several vice presidents from different automotive suppliers in it. And, you know, that is not something you would think would work remotely. And we've discovered it actually works a little bit better than the traditional way that you would, you know, be working with companies in that fashion. So for people to embrace this technology, like I did when I started this podcast almost seven years ago using Skype, uh, I tell you, even today, although it's much less, I have trouble getting people to commit to just downloading the app. Oh, that's too hard. I can't do that. <laughs> and now it's like, well, you better because yep. otherwise you're not going to be in any meetings and you'll be out of a job. Yeah. My wife runs a philanthropic organization or she's the president of it this year in particular. And these this is, you know, women that are in their, you know, mid forties to their eighties, mm-hmm. and trying. Is she has all of them doing Zoom meetings now? Yep. yep. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. My wife works. Uh, she worked as an engineer for many years, and she works in a school now. And schools, <laughs> there's a whole nother topic of how they've had to deal with this yeah. pandemic and continue to. How do we educate our kids and keep them involved and engaged through? A monitor. Thank goodness they're kind of used to already looking at monitors, but yep. there's a whole nother level there. Yep. Another uh, part of the future here is, and I'll read off some of the headlines here that you can dive into the details. Auto industry leads the manufacturing portion mm-hmm. of the economic recovery. This one I find very interesting because when you look at automotive, you know, sales for a lot of car companies were challenged last year, but the collector car market is booming and growing. Everyone I've had in the show that works in that area. So people are moving some of their capital into that area, hard goods versus the market, which was kind of goofy, but it ended up pretty good and is doing pretty good. So talk a little bit about that, how you feel that the auto industry is going to lead in this recovery that we're going to see this year. Well, I think I think the industry has been depressed for quite a while. I mean, we've all seen the sales figures, but you know, 
what we've also seen is the effect of new companies coming into the market. It doesn't take what it used to in order to be able to consider spinning up, you know, a different company. We've also seen where, you know, the OEMs have been able to profitably, uh, you know, introduce models and have the uh, break-even point be a much smaller number of cars before they're able to do that. And I think I was, if I remember right, VW was introducing something like 38 new models this year. You know, so the activity hasn't, uh, it's gone the opposite direction, you know, uh, in, in terms of manufacturing activity. Total uh, volume may go down, but the number of models has gone up, and so people have more options to choose from. I think that the uh, uh, the cheap money is going to be around for a while, and so to me, it just has all the right conditions for for there to be a, a, a change in what has been a downward trend in, in sales over the last few years. And it's just such a big part of the manufacturing ecosystem globally that it's hard to imagine a small upturn not having a pretty dramatic result. So that's just, that's just the, the view that I have. Digital transformation will dominate industry con- conversation. Yeah. You know, that was happening even before the pandemic, but the pandemic has accelerated that in a way that I haven't seen in the 30-some-odd years I've been in technology. Things are happening at such a dramatic rate. You have a lot of uh, uh, emphasis now on the Internet of Things, which is giving you real-time operating conditions of either a vehicle or a subsystem in that vehicle, such that the manufacturer is able to monitor performance. And, you know, the impact that can have on reduction in warranty claims and things is just just astounding. And so the acceleration of some of those trends coming into play in the industry is just what I've noticed, you know, over the last couple of years. And when you think about digital and digital communication, my nephew worked for Tesla. He worked for Volkswagen for 11 years. Funny mm-hmm. you mentioned Volkswagen. Worked for Tesla, loves it, and he was a technician and now works on cars remotely from home. People call in and he logs in and fixes your cars. And <laughs> who'd have thought? You know, you think about how could somebody do that, but they can with these EV vehicles and mm-hmm. The other sidebar, he said, he goes, I've never met a more rabid bunch of positive people of Tesla owners. He said, when, yeah. when VW owners would come in with a car that needed a repair, they'd be angry. He said, these folks call and they, they say, I'm sorry I had to bother you today, but could you help me with my car? <laughs> <laughs> it's like Apple computer owners, you know, I mean, just yep. drunk the, the apple juice. The last point here, program management in focus for automotive suppliers. Mm-hmm. Key thing to supply chain. Yeah, the the thing I mentioned earlier when you were asking me about uh, Actify and what we did, the, this area that doesn't have, you know, the attention of software developers is this area around program management. And the best way to describe why it's such a huge challenge is that if I'm manufacturing generally any other kind of product, you know, a bicycle or a power tool or something like that. I have all of the knowledge, all the information about what it's going to take if I'm the manufacturer of that product. I've done my forecast. I know how many units I expect to sell. I know how much it's going to cost. I know where I'm getting my parts and my raw materials from. And I've got all that set up before I take the first order. And that's not how it works 
in automotive manufacturing. You know, over the years, the OEMs have pushed more and more of the design responsibility, the manufacturing, and the risk down into that supply chain. So today, uh, if you are an automotive supplier building, let's say, the sheet metal, uh, the body components mm-hmm. for a particular vehicle, the OEM is going to give you some information and ask you for a quote in about two weeks' time for you know what it's going to cost for you to make X number of these over a certain period of time. You have to commit to that in a couple of weeks' time before you've done any of that work that the other manufacturers do before they start taking orders. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and so what happens is that you make what what you do is you make your best estimate and then you have to drive towards achieving that working with that customer and the customer the entire time knows exactly what your uh cost structure is and is saying you can only make this much profit on each one of these parts when you go through that so if there's a mistake made in the management of the program, of getting it to the point where it can actually produce part, the supplier ends up consuming all of that cost. And so there's a lot of risk attached in that. And uh, we have something that uh, that we've built that takes a lot of that risk out of that for them. And so that's why we're interested in, you know, helping them transform how they do it today. Because the way they do it today, if you read the uh, job description, for somebody in that role inside a company, you would be looking at it going, who would ever want that job? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can ima- I'll only imagine. So if you take all this together, mm-hmm. your outlook, your crystal ball gaze into 2021 sounds fairly optimistic. I am extremely optimistic about this year. Awesome. Now, I always talk about a challenge. So mm-hmm. let's talk about challenge in 2021 for specifically the automotive industry. And some of this could trickle down to any kind of industry. We talked about not being want, wanting to be in commercial real estate. Uh, yeah, most definitely. Or even uh, inner city uh, rental real estate market because everyone seems to be abandoning uh, inner cities. What's the biggest challenge you see the automotive industry looking at in 2021? I think you know the industry is uh, is, is <laughs> 2021 for the industry is going to depend a lot on what happens throughout the rest of the pandemic. If mm-hmm. we get another year of sort of, um, I, I guess you'd call it uh, economic depression, not depression in the real sense, but in the sense of keeping a lid on economic expansion, people may. Right. People may decide to defer, you know, purchasing cars. That will create a ripple effect in the industry. But I just don't, I just don't see that happening. There's just, you know, I think people, uh, the vaccines are out. People are ready to get out and start getting engaged in life again. You know, cars are going to become more important to them as they start to get mobile again. So I just see that not being a likely possibility for 2021 of having a a depressed year from a sales standpoint. Well, thank goodness. That sounds good. I'll take that analysis right here. We'll write that down. (laughs) Sounds great. Let's take a short break and thank our sponsors. We come back. I want to dive into your personal passion for cars a little bit here, Dave. So keep your seatbelts on. We'll be right back. 2021 is looking pretty good from our perspective here today. Did you know that Cars Yeah! is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership According to Libsyn, the premier RSS feed for podcasts 
in the United States. That's right. And Cars Yeah! is the only five-day-a-week automotive-focused podcast for you to get your message into the ears of thousands of listeners daily from all over the world. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah! is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars Yeah! has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars Yeah! every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique and very personal way? Well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyad.com or through the website at carsyad.com today to learn more. GS Events was founded by Cindy Sisson and Teresa Gilpatrick. Together, they create strategic alliances, curated events, and business development connecting automotive brands to discerning audiences. Their flagship offering, Women Shifting Gears, amplifies women's voices and participation in the automotive culture. Through strategically developed events, they create innovative concepts and collaborations that create remarkable professional and personal experiences you won't find anywhere else. GS Events' immersive, inclusive opportunities create networking, skill building, and unforgettable experiences. Whether you enjoy rallies, concours, auctions, restoration, the business side of collected cars, or you always have yearned to expand your skills to drive vehicles to its fullest potential, GS Events has automotive events and experiences designed just for you. And by the way, both Cindy and Teresa are past guests here on Cars Yeah, so give them a listen. You can find gsevents.live on their website today. All right, Dave, we're back. Could you share a story with me that instigated your personal passion for cars? Is there a a pivotal moment in your life and you knew that you were a bit of a car guy? Absolutely. Yep. I had an older brother that was nine years older than I was, and uh, he used to take me to the drag races. And when he went off to uh, the service... I was uh, given the responsibility of taking care of his car, which was a 58 Impala black lacquered convertible with a 409 in it. It was just a beautiful car. Sat up on blocks outside in the yard, and I was uh, to wash it, uh, to start it up every day and run it (laughs) for a couple of minutes uh, for the entire time that he was gone. And uh, I just, you know, I I just loved that car. I I just enjoyed it immensely. Well, it's nice of him to do that and instill a bit of uh, work ethic in you that, hey, this is your task. This is what you have to do. But uh, and not to say stay over my car, kid. Don't touch it, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, very cool. Well, do you have a special vehicle in your life that's been in your life? This could be a car, bike, truck, whatever it is, and maybe share a memory you have about that ride. I do. It actually involves both a car and a truck. Okay. Um, But I met my wife when we were pretty young. I think we were both working in a restaurant, 19 or 20, somewhere in that that area. And I I had bought this 68 Camaro. And I bought the Camaro from another waitress at the restaurant we worked at because it was making a really loud noise that I could tell, uh, because I'd rebuilt a couple of cars at that point. I could tell there was something in, you know, there was either a tappet that, you know, was bad, 
a lifter that was bad, something in there. I bought the car from this waitress, and I didn't pay hardly anything for it, and uh, pulled off the valve cover. One of the push rods had gone through a tappet, so I went to the junkyard, grabbed the tappet, put it on the car, and it was perfect from that <laughs> point forward. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful 68 Camaro, 327, automatic, unfortunately, but I, but I, I love that car. I had some nice Mickey Thompson wheels and tires on it, and uh, then I met my wife, and uh, she didn't have a car, only I didn't know she was going to be my wife at the time, but her mother had this uh, 67 F250 up on blocks in the yard that had like 40,000 miles on it or something. Oh. So um, I I bought the truck and I sold the car to my wife or t- to my girlfriend then, and then I married her and got the car back. So, <laughs> Score <yeah>. again. <laughs> so I just, that car, that car was special. And I, I, I had to sell it at one point when our first child was born and I still could kick myself in the butt like most car guys for letting that one go. Don't worry, Dave. We all have those stories. In fact, I used to ask that question, and I stopped asking it. Too many tears uh, on this show, <laughs> including mine. It brought every day. It brought back memories of the cars I let go for kids and responsibilities and private schools and college and all that kind of stuff that comes into our lives. Yep. Here's a bit of an introspective question, Dave. If you woke up tomorrow and you were manifest as a car, not what you want to be, but what your attributes as a human would be in a vehicle, what mm-hmm. would you be, and more importantly, why? Well, I. Th- I think that uh, I would probably be the, the vehicle I actually drive now, which is a, a 2005 uh, GMC Sierra 2500 HD with a six-liter L76 engine in it. It's just, okay. it, it's just, it's a low mileage vehicle. I bought it, gosh, I think in 2010 with maybe 20,000 miles on it, and it's reliable. It's uh, flexible. Uh, you know, I use it. Uh, for everything from towing a 10,000 pound trailer to, you know, just taking stuff to the, you know, uh, taking stuff to the home center, you know, when you have to pick stuff up. Uh, but it's, it's powerful, reliable, you know, and it's, it, it's not terribly exciting. And, you know, at 63, I don't feel terribly exciting either. So I, <laughs> I fit pretty, I, I fit pretty well. That uh, sounds like a good answer to me, Dave. We are entering uh, the last lap, bit of a lightning round. Quick answers, quick questions. So here we go. What's one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your successes in your life? Well, I think we talked about that earlier. If I could pick one, it would be just getting up in the morning and spending about an hour thinking about, you know, planning out what you're going to do for the day. You know, yep. made yep. a big difference. Absolutely. Now, if I could arrange for you to sit down and have a meal and a drink with anyone in the automotive industry living or someone who's passed, who would it be? I'd love to sit down and talk to Vic Eidelbrock and ask him, how in the world did you ever get started in this business? <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. You know, I had the luxury of visiting that company two years ago uh, when I was doing my television show, and I was blown away. I had no idea how big it was and the depth of OEM work that they did for yeah. virtually everybody. That I had no idea. And I had the luxury of meeting Vic many times when I was vintage racing and his daughters, and uh, he was just an incredible person. I think just one of those people that just kind of thought no was not in his vocabulary. Yeah. So great person, great empire. A big change is going on in that company right now, too. Now, when it comes to automotive advice, what's the best advice someone else ever offered to you? I used. Yes. <laughs> Be smart with your money. Now, where were you 
in all those years before in my life. <laughs> you know, every year, I, every three years, I get a new car. But back in 05, I bought a new uh, BMW M3. I've had it ever since. I just stopped wasting my money that way and focused on other things. Maybe having two kids in private college was a factor. There. That'll help. I kind of... That kind of helps. Yeah. Yeah. Money better spent. Uh, Obviously it was because they're both employed and doing well and not calling home for money. So that worked out pretty cool. Now, when it comes to resources, there's so many for us these days. Is there a go-to, kind of a daily go-to for you you'd like to share? Absolutely. Uh, It's not very exciting, but you know, what I've been really happy with is how easy it is now for me to go onto Amazon and get about anything I need for that you know, any of the cars actually, but that truck in particular. I lost, uh, you know, a, um, a trim frame off of the uh, rear tailgate log. Go on to Amazon, you know, $20, <laughs> you, you get one later. Uh, at one point, one of the little uh, plastic clasps that uh, uh, make the uh, rods that go side to side for the latches in the tailgate. I mean, it's a five cent part, you know, found it on Amazon. Bumper guards, found those. A uh, reupholstery kit for a seat. I mean, it's just one, it's the only place I have to go. It tells me whether the stuff fits or not. You know, you can go to, is it uh, LSI, I think is the big truck. Uh, I believe so. Warehouse place, you know, and and that's all good and everything, but it's just so much easier for me. Maybe yeah. I'm just looking for easy. I don't know. Well, I think we all are. And this year we had to, or last year and into this year, we're kind of forced when you're trapped at home. Uh, boy, Jeff Bezos couldn't have been more positioned. Um, <laughs> although although you think about, you know, that iceberg that he is and, and the enormity of Amazon and the wealth and so forth, there's a whole bunch of ice under the water that took to get there. Yeah. I always remind people, you know, years and years of not being profitable and barely making it and so forth. But uh, it's all come through. That's for sure. How about a book? Is there a book you'd like to share that you've read you think would add some great value to people in the new year? Yeah. Uh, actually, well, if you're if you're a motorsports enthusiast, I think you'll like this one. But it's a bit of a departure from a triple, uh, typical car thing. So the vehicle that I have that if I really want to get out and just have fun is I actually have a, a low-mileage 2002 uh, Honda ST1100, which is a uh, uh, a sport bike, but these things have a particular engine in them. And there's a book called the Honda V4 by Greg Pullen that tells the story about how this engine was developed and what makes it so special. This little V4 in that bike, they will go a quarter of a million miles before they need top end rebuilds. Wow. Yeah. And the thing has consistent torque and it pulls from almost an idle all the way up. And you can... You know, on that bike, on the little road coming in, oh, gosh, my wife's going to hear this. You can hit 100. You can hit a ton coming in. She's not listening. Don't worry. <laughs> no, she will. She will when it comes out, though. But anyway, it'll well, be I too hope late so. then. It's too late. Yeah. Don't worry. He's, no, but he's I, a safe guy. <laughs> if you like motorsport, if you just like knowing how things were developed, that book is just wonderful. Sounds great. I'll put that book on Dave's show notes page. You can find it on the Cars Yeah website. Just type in Dave Upsall. That's spelled O-P-S-A-H-L, and everything will be right there. All right, Dave, we're up to the checkered flag. I'm going to buy you a cool vintage collectible vehicle today. Whatever it is, it doesn't really matter, but there are some rules to my game. You can't sell it to fund a bunch of other toys. <laughs> uh, I want you to drive it. It's got to tick a lot of boxes, but it's the only one cool collector vehicle you can have, so you need to choose very wisely. What am I buying for you today? Well, I'm a Detroit Iron guy, in case you haven't. 
Uh, <laughs> okay. So it might, and I've thought about this for years because uh, I actually have been in one. Uh, it's a 63 split window with a 327. Of course, yeah, the holy grail of the old Corvettes, yeah. I love it. Sounds good. What color do you want that to be? Oh, the original dark blue. Dark blue, okay. Okay, well, that shouldn't be too hard to find. I'll I'll get to work on that. What is it about that 63 Corvette, aside from the split window, of course, but that just ticks all the boxes for you? Well, there's there's a couple things. I remember I used to read my brother's uh, uh, Hot Rod and Carcraft magazines when they came through, and I picked up one where a guy had gotten this 63 split window. He dropped a 427 in it that, you know, he built out. But what always intrigued me was the car was capable of cruising at 200 miles an hour. And this guy would run it in the deserts down in Arizona. And in order to make sure that he could see when he was going fast enough, he actually incorporated aircraft landing lights into the front of the car. Yeah. (laughs) And I thought, okay, that that's just that's just too cool. That's just too yeah, cool. I tell you, I as a kid spent a lot of time driving from San Diego up to Mammoth Mountain to go skiing. It's a long uh-huh. drive, seven and a half, eight hour drive. Yep. Driving through the high desert, three ninety five, late at night after a school day, getting out of school at four in the afternoon and jumping in a car and heading up to Mammoth, getting there at midnight or so. And I would have loved to have some of those landing lights because <laughs> you'd be flying through that desert, going there better not yep. be anything in the road up here because I'm going way too fast. Uh, in those days, in my little Carmagia that would not fend well if it hit anything from the front but uh cool well i'll make sure that your corvette has some uh aircraft landing lights how does that sound sounds wonderful all right dave you have taken me on a great ride today and i I really appreciate you calling in i want to thank you for sharing your journey uh before i let you go could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that corvette yep don't waste today don't waste today. We didn't waste today. And listeners, you did not waste today because you learned a lot of really valuable information here from Dave Upsall. You can find everything on his show notes page again on the Cars Yow website. Again, Dave's last name is O-P-S-A-H-L, Upsall. And uh, what's the best way for people to learn more about Actify? The best way is go to the website, www.actify.com. You'll find out everything you need to know there. Absolutely. Very cool website, by the way. Actify is A-C-T-I-F-Y. And I want to do a shout out to your uh, colleague, Angela Samoz. She was so nice in connecting me with Dave. Great job you're doing there, Angela, at Actify. Dave, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with our listeners. Hope I didn't get you in too much trouble with your wife on that bike today. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark been fun. You're welcome. And thanks for making 2021 look like a very positive year for everybody. My pleasure. Take care. So what do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 podiums, multiple Daytona wins, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're a racer and the racers group team owner, Kevin Buckler, you start Adobe Road Winery. It's located in Petaluma, California, and he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, wrapped in a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today, I'm going to talk about Shift. This wine was awarded 93 points by Robert Parker's Wine Advocate. 
It's balanced and spicy with dark blueberries and a cigar aroma. The unique bottle shape features a vintage-inspired metal gated shift back with carbon fiber, and the cork is topped with a five-speed shift knob. That's right. There's going to be some battles at the dinner table on who gets to keep the cork after this bottle has been enjoyed. The Racing Series is a delicious gift for the automotive enthusiast in your life. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH, all one word in caps, at checkout, you get $10 off any purchase of the wines from the Racing Series. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly right at your door. Use the code CARSYEAH at checkout and get $10 off your purchase from the Racing Series today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the Racing Series. Go to adoberoadwines.com and use the code CARSYEAH today. Cheers! Cars yeah is proud to support our veterans, which is why I've teamed up with our nonprofit partner, Tech Force Foundation, through its Veterans at Work Military Transition Campaign. The tech shortage is very real, and our country needs skilled, qualified techs to keep our cars, trucks, airplanes, and fleets rolling. When so many vets build their skills in maintaining and servicing vehicles when deployed, TechForce helps transition those skills to jobs as professional technicians when they come home. Learn more about TechForce Foundation and its Veterans at Work Military Transition Fund at techforce.org today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!